Well, hey everyone, this is Zach here, and today we're going to be talking about how to have difficult conversations. This comes in a series of teachings that we are doing, or rather a series of teachings that we're learning from Jesus on as we study through the Gospel of Luke. You know, relationships are so important to our lives. Uh, one study done said the number one determiner of a fruitful life, a satisfied life, a full life was the quality of loving relationships we had in our lives. We're wired for relationships, but relationships are hard. They're difficult and they require work. Many of us feel like we are broken relationally, that we need healing to happen. We need to take some classes that we somehow didn't get along the way in how to do meaningful relationships well. And Jesus takes us into his relationship hospital, his relationship university to heal us and to teach us a new way. And uh, we are talking today specifically about difficult conversations. Dr. John Gottman is a researcher in the area of marriage, has studied marriages for 40 years. And in his research, he identified the number one contributor to either a very healthy marriage or a broken marriage. We could go either way. The number one factor was how a couple handled difficult conversations. How do they handle hard conversations? It's not just in marriage or, or family or friends, but it's also in the workplace as well. 80% of employees said that they had no formal training in how to have a difficult conversation at work. 57% said they'd respond, they just do almost anything to avoid a difficult conversation. And another 43% of senior managers admitted they lost their temper and yelled at an employee in a difficult conversation. Another 40% admitted to panicking and then lying in a difficult conversation. So whether in the workplace or in our homes, we need help in this area. So if you're listening to this, I want to make sure that you listen to part one and part two that are on our website or on iTunes, AntiochDallas.org, to get kind of the backstory. Jesus has taken us through a lot of teaching on this. Today, we're just focused on the practicals of how to have a difficult conversation. But trust me, you need more. I need more than just practicals, right? And so I want you to go back and listen to the first two uh, as they set the table for today. So in Luke chapter 6, Jesus is talking about relationships, and uh, he begins in verse 36, and he talks about the character that we're to have, that we need to have to be able to do relationships well. We talked about that on the previous podcast. He talks about our need to be discipled, to be formed, to be trained, that everyone is discipled by someone. You can be discipled by your family, and it's just like, well, this is just the way my family handles difficult conversations. We just yell, or we just shut down, or we just stonewall, or, or whatever it may be. You can be discipled by Facebook, right, where you can mute someone, unfriend, unfollow when they get a little annoying, or they do something you don't like. You can be discipled by Fox News, or any of the other news channels where you just get on there and yell as loud as you can, uh, as angrily as you can, for as long as you can. But Jesus invites us into a, a new way, being his disciples, and he wants to form us to be people that are marked by loving well. And so in verse 41, 
he gets into the practicals uh, to have a difficult conversation. I want to read it to you and then uh, give you some observations. He says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Okay, so Jesus makes some incredible points here that help us know how to actually have one of these types of conversations. The first thing that we need to do is remember the gospel. Each of these is going to come with a a G. I got it from a book called Peacemaker, uh, which is a helpful resource uh, in in many ways. Not perfect, but it's helpful. So the first one is remember the gospel. Remember, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. If you're a disciple of Jesus, your story is defined by the grace of God. That you, though lost in your sin, Jesus came looking for you and he saved you and he washed you and he made you new that you have received love that you didn't earn. You've received grace that you didn't earn. You've been reconciled to God, not through your own doing, but through what Jesus did. And that's to shape our vision and our agenda in these conversations. Instead of just focusing on how can I win, how can I get what I want to accomplish, how can I pound this through? It gives us a new vision that we're seeking not just to be right, uh, but we're seeking to be right with the person that we're having the conversation from. That's from uh, Pastor Andy Stanley. I like how he said that. My goal is not to be right and just run over you. My goal is to have right, be right with you, have a right relationship with you. We want to be peacemakers. We want to build the relationship. We want to have at the end of this that I got better and you got better, and that we're better together. So in the conversation then, my goal is to glorify God. My goal is to love you well. My goal is to work for a better, stronger relationship between us. This is so different than the way so many of us approach these types of conversations. Second G is to get trained. Remember, Jesus talked about developing character. Character is developed over time, and it's what helps us When the heat is on and the pressure's on and the conversation is intense, it's what helps us to pull out good things rather than just lash out or turn and flee. So we get trained, right? We remember the gospel. We get trained. Third G is get the log out of your own eye. This is amazing. Jesus is saying that you and I, that we have blind spots. I mean, imagine you're showing up to get LASIK surgery next week. And you go in and the eye doctor who's going to work on your eyes has a big log in her eye or his eye. And they say, oh, don't worry about this. I, I, I'm, I can see clearly to take the, the speck out of your eye. You'd be like, I'm running out of this place. This is crazy. But Jesus is saying that's how we do things. Is that we so often think, man, the problem is entirely with the other person and don't realize that you and I, we have blind spots. And the awareness that we have blind spots changes how we go into the conversation because what it makes us go in is humble. We realize that we have a lot to learn. We realize that there are things that we don't see, not just we have 100% lock on this is the way it is. It makes us humble. I had a difficult conversation last week, and when I knew it was coming, I just got so nervous. Like, do you get nervous when you know one's coming? I mean, I just get sick in my stomach. 
I can't stop thinking about it. I knew about 24 hours ahead of time that it was coming, and I was just so worked up. But when we got into the conversation, I was blown away because the people I was having it with, you could tell that they had applied this to their lives. They actually came into the conversation rather than with like a tank ready to blow me away. They came humbly. They said, hey, we realize that we have a lot to learn and that we need feedback. And we'd just love to hear from you first, kind of what you guys want us to know and to understand. And their humble approach, their awareness of the logs in their own eye, it set the tone for our conversation that ended really well. So we're going to get the log out of our own eye. Then we want to actually go and gently restore our brother or sister. So Jesus is not saying, hey, just get the log out of your eye. We said, you're getting the log out of your eye so that you can go and you can be a part of gentle restoration of getting the speck out of their eye. If you just imagine someone trying to get a speck or a splinter out of someone else's eye, that'd be both a precise thing, it'd need clarity, but it'd also be a very gentle thing because you realize how sensitive the area is. And so we want to be faithful to actually risk and to be clear, but to be kind as we are clear for the sake of our brother or sister that we might love them well. Okay, so we go and we gently restore. Now, that's the G's. But if we were just to stop here, uh, the sad fact of the matter is that you or I, neither of us would actually probably uh, do anything with this. You see, we need more help than just some practicals. And the good news for us is that there was one who did these things well. His name is Jesus. The story of the Bible goes like this. God created you and he created me in his image. He made us with, with a calling. He made us for a purpose. We had relationship with him and relationship with one another. We, though, turned from God. We broke relationship with God. We said, hey, we don't want you to be our God. We want to be our own gods. We don't want you to be our king. We want to be our own king. We don't want you to be our creator. We want to be our own creators. That's the story of Adam and Eve, the opening pages of Genesis. And as we turn from God, as that relationship broke down through our own choice, our relationships with one another broke down at the same time. You see Adam and Eve begin to turn on each other. Their kids, one ends up killing another. And so on and so forth through human history, you look around and you see that we are relationally broken people. And we need more help than just here's some things to do. We need a new heart. We need a new spirit. We need something new within us. And that's what Jesus has come to give. He came. He lived amongst us. God came for us. He went to the cross to die for our sins. He rose again on the third day to give us new life. And when you put your trust in Jesus, when you turn from your own way and say, Jesus, I want to follow you, he puts a new heart and a new spirit inside of you, a clean heart and a clean spirit. The Bible calls it being born again. It's like a spiritual rebirth. And Jesus does that for us. And if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, man, I want to encourage you today is your day to look to him and to receive his love and to receive his grace and to receive that clean heart and receive that clean spirit by saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. Forgive me for my sins. Make me new. 
And he will. It's amazing. And if you are a Christian, I want to point you to that because the power to live this out is not in you or in me, but it's in the love and the grace and the mercy that we receive from Jesus that gives us power to chart this new way. Love you guys. That's the end of this kind of how-to. I hope you have a great holiday weekend, and I look forward to seeing you soon.